Welcome back to This Is Hardcore Podcast. You just heard Fury of Five. We are ready. It is amazing to see Fury of Five step up to the plate and record a five-song EP called Half Past Revenge. It's not going to be out for a little bit, but thanks to Mario and Upstate Recordings, we were able to drop the podcast debut, and you can also check out the video. In fact, the quickest way is probably just go to noecho.net and check out the video for War. We are ready. Tonight, we're going to take a little time and talk to Jay about what Fury of Five got into when they did the reunion, a little bit of how they're feeling about playing some shows and some general stuff. Nothing deep into the history, because honestly, me and Jay go back. Me and most of the Fury guys go back a long way, so it'd be kind of hard to dig in and not end up with a three-hour podcast. So... This is fucking fantastic, and actually, I mentioned it a few times in the interview, uh, or discussion rather, that he had sent me a little cheater song, like a little preview of the next song, and I'm telling you, if you're into the later Fury Records, all the stuff that they're releasing just feels like the next iteration of what they were planning on doing before they broke up. It's great to have them back. It's amazing to hear people who have put so much into hardcore early on come back and still have that drive and still have that passion. And I've been friends with Jay since I was a kid and very happy to have him on the show. First and foremost, I'd like to thank everybody for just supporting the podcast over the last year. And this is just incredible to say this, but the podcast is now going to come out a lot cleaner and smoother because of the, this is almost like to me like a, it's a wonderful life moment, and I've said it a few times, but um, Bob Wilson, Alex Bradley, the help of my girlfriend Jess, um, getting the details and intel sneakily, I was gifted with the new laptop, which now allows me to produce at a faster rate with less technical hiccups. Funny enough, um, we recorded a rule of three, which will be out tomorrow. And there was a hiccup with the core difference a couple times. And I think it's like the only thing like it was, which isn't like a digital issue, more like a, like an actual physical problem with the cord that I have. But, um, Absolutely stunned to, and I'm just, gra- I just, I can't express my gratitude to the people that I have been lucky to have around me, whether it's Bob Wilson and Kevin Hare and Mike Barletti and Lou Desenzo, to all the people, I mean, Eric Walk, Elise Walk. You know, Alex Bradley, everybody. I mean, the fucking, the team here, you know, Zach Barone, Richie Crutch. I mean, I I mention all these people, but um, I'm not someone who would put up a GoFundMe or anything like that. And I don't really monetize this stuff. And so, you know, it, it was not expected. And it's really changed the game, which we've already got a rule of three. Um, working on three separate This Is Hardcore episodes as we speak. I'm going to have an FYA special out early next week just to pop and talk to Bob and get the fucking FYA juices flowing. But so much more is possible now, and it just blows my mind. So it says thank you. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you for supporting me. And the gift is just goes beyond all measure of what my any kind of expectations are. Um, I should mention that two other friends that we have are going through a difficult time and there's going to be GoFundMes or there already is. Um, Danielle, who owns Danielle Browse and Shushki and um, Joe Limits from Richmond, Virginia, they have a house in New Hampshire and the storms absolutely 
did so much damage to that that they're they're in they're in need of help. This this house is um covered in mold and I mean it, it, the links will be provided in the bio, but if you can help and actually uh, it sucks to talk about one house when I just read recently that there's like almost 50 deaths or something in Buffalo. So many awesome people from New York hardcore and people close to me in Buffalo. I just hope that all of you are doing well. And if we can post some stuff up to try to help the Buffalo hardcore community, we will. It's it's a crazy time. I mean, you know, we drove from Portland across the country just to get to Philadelphia before Christmas. And just for us, the storm was pretty fucking wild. So I can only imagine where it really hit with the deepest snows possible. Um, but we got fucking shows in Philadelphia to talk about before we get into this conversation with this Jay. Uh, January 14th, which is Saturday, Paul Bearer's 55th birthday. Paul Bear, sheer terror. I mean, the name is synonymous. I don't need to... Go. I shouldn't have to go into details who the fuck he is, but 55 years old, still killing it. This show is Sheer Terror with the Chisel from the UK. Wisdom and Chains will be playing an all-blood for blood set. Violent Way, which is a band rooted in Buffalo. Hopefully they'll be able to make it out. And if in Baltimore, Buried Dreams, The Fight, and Please Die. This is in Reading, Pennsylvania. There's still tickets. Don't sleep on this one. This is a stack show. Paulie's 55th birthday, not something you're going to want to miss, okay? BY show up, you'll get in. Um, the very next day at the Media VFW, Not One Truth, Morbidity, Delusion, Erode, Damage Control, which is their first show. I don't know if anyone told them. I think there's another band previously called that. Photo Club, this is a Stucky show. Blood Tith, Underthrow, Greater Pain, and downhill. 120, Blame God, Bankrupt, Half Cross, Drill Tusk. And then the show that's going to be pretty sick is the Fool's Game record, at least with Hangman, Off the Tracks, Killing Me. I mean, dude, this, these shows are fucking stacked. This is just fucking January, not even counting. Not even counting, FYA. Um... Oh, Life of Pain and, and um, Fire and Blood and Buried Dreams are also on that Fool's Game show. I should mention that. And then um, we've got One Step Closer, Life's Question, Soul Blind, Sunday, January 22nd, and Underground Arts. Make sure to check that one out. That whole weekend's packed out. It's pretty fucking crazy. And then um, a lot more coming. Most importantly, we have... Some awesome shit. All these small venues. Um, it should be pretty fucking cool to see the younger bands step it up in these smaller places and then some of these bigger shows. I mean, Bob's Got Tsunami, Spy, Fool's Game, Scarab and Missing Link at the Church, and that shit's almost halfway sold out. The Gorilla Biscuit shows are obviously sold out. Uh, we have this, um, this is a combination of the Carter from within. It's called the Hardcore Pride Weekend, but it's Carter from within and Plead Your Case, which is Lennon at the First Unitarian Church. Friday, March 24th, 6 p.m. Gridiron of Magnitude, Simulacra, Adrian, Moment of Truth, Never Again, and Statement of Pride. Then um, Saturday, 25th, is a 4 p.m. show. Mind Force, C to Pain, Point of Contact, B.O. End All, Live It Down, Chemical Fix, Carbonite, Almighty Watch, and Burn the Strong, Wreckage, and Pain Clinic. There'll be a flea market and shit outside. It's going to be sick, but this is the Hardcore Pride Weekend put together. Once again, Carter, Lennon, really raising some flags and helping some of these uh, newer bands get up. And then obviously, I mean, Gridiron Magnitude, Mind for a seat of pain. Just that is fucking wild. Two days, awesome shows. Great people continuing to push hardcore from truly a DIY perspective without all the fancy glitter and paying publicity people to cap up shit on bullshit websites that don't really care about anything in hardcore. Just fantastic shit. Two 
say that hardcore in 2022 was impressive is an understatement. So many shows, so many bands, so many new kids, so many old faces coming back. FYA set the tone. Amazing, amazing show. And then closing it out for us, I mean, was the Keystone Jam. Another outstanding, unreal situation. Um, We're days away from the next FYA. Days away from seeing another bulldoze set. And if you saw Life Agony at Keystone, I'm telling you, at FYA, it's going to be fucking madness. But so many other bands as well. It's going to be... 2023 is going to start off with a fucking bang. And I don't... I think this might be one of the best years for hardcore. Just seeing some of the shows, some of the records. And tentatively... I would say beyond the word tentatively. We're we're going on August 4, 5, and 6 for This Is Hardcore. And we're billing. We're booking. We're strategizing. We're conspiring. We're going to pull the shit off. 2023 will mark 17 years since we did our first fest and unfortunately we had two years off but we got some fucking fires in the iron ready to kick some ass and go back to August so be ready for an amazing 2023 like I said we recorded a three hour rule of three podcast the artwork's in I gotta do some editing this shit's gonna be out just thank you for the support more episodes more people coming on Going to try to get a couple episodes before I go away from FYA to get a little bit ahead. And looking to truly get in-person interviews going for some of the technologically uh, unable in the area. And also so that way if we have some people coming into town who don't want to be on the the app gimmick, it's easier for them to just bop up and get in front of me. That's what we're going to do to keep the podcast rolling thick. And I got some more shit coming up. So thank you to everybody for the support. And let's hear from my good friend, Jay Fury, on the thought process behind continuing music and what he thinks about the future of Fury of Five, especially with this amazing track you just heard. Let's fucking go. So now that you have heard We Are Ready, the new track from Fury of Five, there is no better way to discuss the future of Fury of Five and some of the recent new history of Fury of Five than having Jay Fury from Fury of Five come on and talk about it. So uh, everyone listening has just heard We Are Ready, hopefully for the first time, and uh, especially with the, the upcoming material coming forward after this, I'd love to hear your perspective on not only what it feels like to be back in the mix, but where you're intended to go. But I'll start with this. How much fun has it been to come back? Cause I know you and I talked about it outside the reunion show, but like for people who haven't spent the time watching all the videos, watching the practices, kind of give people the rundown of what it's like when uh, you guys got back in that room for the first time and how it's almost become fury of five practice rituals again, as we were talking about it outside. You know, it's, it's been surreal. Um, you know, it's been a real long time, almost 25 years since we were all in the same room together. And, uh, you know, when we first got in that practice room up at Hellhound in Rawway, and, uh, you know, obviously the, the only new addition is, is Mikey Pilaro, the drummer. We jumped into our first song and it was like we picked up, you know, like it was 1998, you know, it was the energy was there, the vibe was there, and it was... Uh, it was an amazing feeling, you know, and that, and that really kind of kicked off, you know, fast forward what's been happening for almost a year now, which has been, you know, happening like uh, super quick. It's unbelievable. I thought it was just amazing how quick not only you guys pivoted from a first show to obviously your set at This Is Hardcore was fucking tremendous. And instead of just being a band content to like, yeah, we did some shit. You guys went across the country. You guys got to play with Etown Concrete in California and then getting the opportunity for Mario from upstate to be able to uh, release this first song. It shows that there's no stopping in you guys. And I just love the idea of you guys pushing forward. Yeah, it's uh, there, there. There wasn't really a big plan. 
it kind of just happened naturally. Um, the initial plan was just to play one reunion show in Asbury Park. Um, and, you know, while we we're getting ready for that and, and getting reacclimated with the set is, you know, when you gave us the opportunity to play This Is Hardcore. And, you know, really that wasn't in our thoughts, uh, wasn't in the cards. And, and due to the timing and, and the location and the bill um, and just that opportunity for such an amazing event, you know, we, uh, you know, we, we took that step and it was one of the best shows we've ever played in our history. Um, it, it was amazing and uh, just felt unbelievable. And, uh, you know, then came California, which also wasn't really in the cards. It kind of just, you know, uh, came at us and it just felt natural. And we all kind of looked at each other and said, let's give it a try. We actually have never played the West Coast, um, even back in the day when we were active fully active and doing that full time you know we were over in europe multiple times and never got out to the west coast so having that opportunity in 2022 to go out and you know play with you know our family e-town concrete and 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 other jersey bands like hold my own and meet a bunch of amazing you know folks out there and and really get a feel for that vibe on the west coast was just also amazing um in the meantime while we were kind of preparing for all that and you know, getting ready to do the live sets, we naturally started, you know, writing some new music. And uh, that's just what we do. You know, it's what we did, you know, back in the 90s. It just started happening, you know, again now uh, without a big plan. And before you knew it, you know, we had, you know, four new songs in a short period of time. And, you know, after we got back from California, you know, we decided because we were really feeling the material and the vibe was great, like, hey, you know, let's let's get in the studio and see what happens, you know, and that's how this really came about. Yeah, I think sometimes the organic way, as opposed to the pre-decided, we're going to take this route and it's almost like a battle plan because it doesn't leave any room for error, doesn't leave any room for, you know, additional stuff. And I've seen some bands from your era come back with these reunion plans. And I, and I got to tell you, the Fury... The Fury has been absolutely organic. The young kids, the old fans, everybody's in agreement that this has been some of the coolest shit we've seen live from you guys. I mean, and then on the precipice of it to still be excited about the band and trying to make sure. I mean, as I touched on it before, your Instagram, if anybody doesn't follow, absolutely need to because every weekend you guys are posting videos, old trash you guys are re-recording or at least re-going through in the studio shouldn't say re-recording but then you're also doing some covers you're always constantly working again that was like a staple in the fury camp from the beginning was making sure in the studio everything was perfect so i'm not surprised that you guys were able to get back in and harness that because sometimes bands get back together they practice the set enough to do it two times in a row and that's it but you guys hit the ground running back to the way the old was which is constantly in the studio constantly perfecting it and so it makes sense to me. Yeah, I appreciate you, you know, you mentioning that because it's, it's really the only way that we know when we, when we play together, you know, it's just, it's how we do either we're doing it or we're not. And, and again, we didn't have this huge master plan. Um, it's just, it's been completely organic. Um, and we actually did, you know, to your point, we did record um, one old song that will be a bonus track for uh, the new EP just because it was a song that uh, Mike, our new drummer, really loved to play, and it's in our live set. And we said, let's throw it on there and just touch on that because we thought it was still relevant. So, No, I think it's, it, it's, it's cool just for people to see that the fact is there are people who, you know, Instagram is a really good way to get the band out. And I think Fury has had that. And the videos every week, to see you guys grinding harder than some of these young bands in the studio, because that was always the process. Like you said, I know you guys didn't get to California, but there wasn't the same opportunities as there is now to get to California, you know, um, especially with the atmosphere of what hardcore was and what was most popular in hardcore fury was not even seen as like in the VOD world, except for on the East coast In the East coast, you guys dominated, but the West coast had a totally different flavor than now with younger kids. And in this generation specifically, these young kids grew up listening to Fury of Five, always wanting to see them, never thinking they could, and you guys delivered. 
So it, it is a new day, and I'm glad that you guys are still using the old tactics, but adding new shit to it. And it's also good that you guys didn't go, okay, cool, we played some shows, fuck you, we're back to not playing anymore. Yeah, I think I think right now, you know, we're we're fully invested. Um and and the funny point is I don't even know what that is, but you know, f- from from a music perspective, from a commitment from the five of us, we're invested. You know, we, we don't have any tours planned, we don't even have any shows booked um right now. You know, we just finished recording these songs. We're still in the process of mixing you know, four of the songs, you know, one is done, obviously that's war. Um, and then, you know, our assumption is after the new year and, and by the time the rest of the EP comes out, we'll look to, you know, try to do some live things, you know, that makes sense, but we're, we're not trying to force it. We're just going to keep playing hard and keep writing and uh, keep vibing as much as possible. And, and, you know, try to surround ourselves, you know, with, with good people and do the right thing. Uh, and again, the organic process will always win out. You're not forcing it. As a um, now looking at the responsibilities, not from Fury of Five, but personally in your own life, has it been hard or has it been easier to balance the home, the work life with now you putting time into Fury of Five? That's a good question. You know, um, you know, I'm married with three kids and I got a full time job, so. Um, it's definitely a new element of responsibility that, you know, um, I'm juggling and I think all of us are juggling together because everybody's got a full-time job. Everybody's got houses. Most of us have kids, but, you know, up until this point, you know, I can speak for myself that, you know, my family has been super supportive, you know, they know my heart is in it and they can see, you know, how much I get out of it just from, vibing with you know my music family and and being creative and you know i work six days a week and probably 60 70 hours a week and you know on sunday is my only day off and i'm up in rawway you know for three four hours and you know it's uh you know i haven't gotten any shit for it so (laughs) not yet at least so it's it's uh it's challenging but it's 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 working right now you know so so far so far, it's, 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 it's going okay. Do you feel like the responsibilities at home for you specifically kept you from even entertaining the Fury thing beforehand? Or do you feel like you were just waiting for a moment when, I mean, I, I, I met your, your family outside the show. Did you feel like the process of having this, you know, a little bit more uh, older kids, you know, uh, very established work life and a good relationship with your wife, allows you now the opportunity to jump back in like what do you think it was that got you with your all the responsibilities you have to jump back into fury of five you know um again to your point it kind of happened naturally i always you know fury of five's been in my heart hardcore has been in my heart you know whether you know i've been active or we've been playing you know it's it's the only band i've ever been in um and you know i feel you know, to me, it's it, it was, it's my lifestyle and it's always been there. And it's just, you know, the responsibility of, of having my kids and kind of giving them, you know, um, the guidance and the leadership that maybe I didn't have was super important for me um, for a bunch of years. And I guess naturally um, a time came, you know, while, you know, Jimmy and I and some of the other guys were still in touch. Um, you know, we started kind of kicking around this idea of maybe doing something and it just, it just felt right. It wasn't really, um, a plan of, you know, when my oldest one goes to college or, you know, my daughter's in middle school, you know, it just, it just felt right at the time. Um, I wasn't quite sure, you know, personally how the response would be. Um, I didn't know what was going to happen in Asbury park. Um, you know, it's been a long time you know, 24, 25 years is a, is a really long time, uh, not to be active, but on the flip side, you know, Jimmy has kept the name active and he's been out there, you know, and he did it in 2014. And once before that, you know, with, with other heads, um, and represented and kept the name alive. And, uh, I got a lot of respect for him for doing that because if he didn't do that, I don't know if we would have been able to do what we did, you know, this year to be honest with you. 
So, um, you know, hats off to him for, for keeping Fury alive, you know, while we were doing other things and, and focusing on our families. Um, but again, to your point, you know, it, it, it felt natural. The timing was right. We were talking and, uh, you know, we said, you know, let's give it a shot and let's go. And, uh, and that's just how it came about was, wasn't a huge plan. It just kind of happened naturally. Imagine going forward with this line of questioning towards the new songs. It's got to be a lot on the same lines. Like you didn't orchestrate a plan of saying, Hey, we need to make these songs sound like this. But organically, what came from it was just what was a natural progression for you guys, I assume. Yeah, I mean, crazy natural. Um, you know, the song War specifically, you know, um, when we were in the studio and we were going through the set and getting comfortable with with the, you know, OG songs, you know, we were talking about writing and, and I had some ideas and Jimmy had some ideas and so did Mike and Chico, et cetera. And, you know, we wanted a you know, we came up with the idea of maybe starting the first song with the drums. Um, and, you know, Mike is the newest member in the band. It's, he's the drummer. I think he's an amazing drummer. He brings a ton of skill and, and young vibe in. And we wanted to highlight that. So that's why, you, you know, you hear the track pretty much starting with the drums. Um, also, our first song ever for some of the old heads, I Owe You Nothing. Uh, that started with the drums, you know, so we basically started with that and built around that naturally. Um, and the song, I think, was written, it could have been written in one practice, really. By the time we were done, we pretty much had the framework. And uh, that's kind of how all the songs on the EP went so quick, so natural. Um, it wasn't listening to certain records to get a vibe. It just, just came out naturally just with instruments in hand. Speaking on instruments, with the time with the time that you had between playing shows with Fury back then and now, have you stayed up? Have you performed? Have you just like even in your house just kept up with it? Like, what did you do with your music when you weren't doing Fury Five for all the years? Not a lot. Um, there were years that I didn't touch my guitar, um, and it was put away. Um, I would say that. You know, f for me, music has always been about playing with others. Um, I never really got off on sitting around and, and just playing by myself um, or just jamming loosely with people. I have friends that I've met through my kids that are musicians. They play the piano, this and that. They always ask to jam, never interested, um, never did it. You know, I, I really only play one way and it's heavy and hard and, and these are the guys I play with. So... There really wasn't a lot of playing. I probably, on, on a couple stretches over that time period, could have went three years without touching the guitar at all and, and no music. But as far as music in my life, it's been there, you know, listening to it and vibing on it and, and still feeling it um, and still being a fan of all the bands that I grew up on and new bands of all different genres. Um, and, and it's just, you know, it's always been in the heart, you know, just not always been in the hands. Did your kids grow up knowing you were in a band or did you guys not even really touch on that, um, raising them? hundred percent. They knew, uh, they knew everything about it. Um, it's in them. Uh, my kids are musical. You know, my oldest son, he writes, records, produces, sings. He's got his own stuff out on streaming platforms, iTunes, et cetera. He's going to be 20 years old and he does like R and B type stuff, completely different. Um, but yeah, they've known everything about it and uh, they were always interested in it. I never held back and, you know, always showed them what I could show them in terms of, you know, what material that I had. And, you know, luckily there's been a ton of stuff over the years that, you know, other folks and heads have put up on the internet. So they've seen live shows and I've explained to them, you know, you know what it was like, what it was about. They were always really enamored by it. So I think for them to see it, when we came back in Asbury and then especially see, you know, how insane this is hardcore was, you know, really kind of put everything together for them. Now, as you, I told you, uh, we had Jules from side by side and alone the crowd when he did a benefit show, his kids were like, I didn't even know my dad was in a band. I thought it was like some high school band. And I'm like, this is, you know, your dad's like a hardcore legend, but 
he hid it pretty well through his law practice, but it is awesome to know that you raise your kids with music in mind. And I did meet your son and it's just fantastic that he uh, is able to push himself. And obviously in this modern era, which we're going to get to next, he's already able to put his stuff on streaming. Did you learn anything from him because of this stuff? Did you guys take any lessons knowing that this digital age, which didn't exist when Fury was around the first time out, was there things that you incorporated understanding that like the modern world? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny. It's the modern world. I'm still trying to articulate it into words because, you know, I'm learning every day. I'm always trying to say learning and understanding. And, uh, you know, as you know, back when Fury was fully active in the 90s, you know, there were really not many avenues or options to get your music out to the public. Um, you needed to be signed to a record label. You needed to get your stuff into stores. It was tangible CDs, records, tapes, etc. You know, um, now, you know, with the digital age, obviously anybody, including like my son, can immediately load any songs he records online. You don't need the record labels anymore. So you have the ability now to really not be controlled by others, you know. So, um, you know, it's, it's good and bad, I think. You know, I think, uh, you know, I, I want to be careful with my words. You know, it's, it's good because, you know, people can't, dictate your future outcome and you don't have to try to um, cater towards others to try to get, you know, your art or your music out there. Um, at the same time, you know, if anyone can do it whenever they want, you know, can that water things down or make it too easy? I'm not sure. You know, I'm still trying to figure that piece out. Um, but I did learn from him, you know, in that sense. In fact, he was the one that got No Reason to Smile uploaded he was the one that got all the old demos uploaded for us. He did it right in my house on his computer. He mastered the stuff on his computer for us. And I couldn't believe how quick and easy he did it and how complicated it would have been for me. You know, so definitely there's been like a camaraderie. He's been helping us along the way with a lot of things, samples, you know, you name it. He's like our go-to. So it's just, uh, it's been amazing. Man, that's just got to be surreal and just awesome at the same time, right? It's, it's, it's just nuts, you know, and also it's like, he, he loves it. I mean, even though, you know, he knows hardcore, I mean, you'll see him sing an R and B on YouTube wearing a mad ball shirt, you know, but he doesn't play that type of music. That's just not what he does. So it's so cool to see like, you know, it, he's a hardcore kid in his heart. Like he's, he's street smart and he knows what's up. Um, and he's, and we have that connection, but he does something completely different, which he's a way better musician than I am than I ever was, you know, and it's just amazing that we have that. So it's pretty cool. In thinking about it, now that you touched on the freedom that a band has, what drew you to work with Mario and upstate? You know, we didn't, we didn't give a lot of thought behind it. Um, I didn't know Mario and Kim uh, personally. Um, I know Jim uh, stick did some um, guest vocals on some, some records, like the um, Departed record and uh, a couple others that were released through Upstate. So he developed a little bit of a relationship with them. Um, and I think there were some back talks early on, like, hey, if you guys are ever doing anything, we'd love to do some stuff with you. I think that's what happened. Um, I wasn't involved in those conversations. But, you know, we started announcing, you know, that, hey, I think we're going to go into the studio and record. It just kind of developed very quickly. We had one phone call, we did a handshake, and that was it. Super simple. Dude, sometimes also, once again, that's the best way to deal with people. Because when you give them a handshake, it's real. I know that there's a there's stories upon stories upon stories of all the bad things that went down, but there are still people like Mario out there who you can trust them on the word with a handshake that they're going to do the right thing. And I think that's also plays heavily into why you guys did it that way because there's just as equal the amount of people that'll say hey we love to work with you and then they send you a giant pdf of all this shit and you're like who are these people why are why are they sending us this stuff yeah i mean we don't want to deal with any fucking lawyers and you know that's the last thing we want to deal with is you know it, it you know we basically had a call with him and i was like so what's the next steps 
you know, you have like a contract. He's like, nah, we do a handshake. And I'm like, perfect, done. You know, this is, that's how we want to do it. We respect you. You respect us. Let's just get it done. You know, so that was it. Now, obviously, they've got to have some form of idea about the possibilities of doing Europe. And is that stuff that you guys are going to wait for the release to come out to really go forward with that? Or did you guys already start talking to MAD and whoever the other players are about coming out that way? Uh, we haven't spoken to anybody. Um, I believe um, some folks from Europe have reached out to Stick, you know, individually um, yeah. over the last year, uh, but it wasn't anything formal. We have not planned anything formal, um, you know, to your point. You know, we just want to get this release out and see, you know, see what's up. You know, we're not looking to force anything. You know, if if people are interested and they're and they're vibing with us, you know, and there's an opportunity, you know, and it makes sense. Um, you know, we we don't care about money, you know, at this point. You know, it's just a matter of it just has to make sense. You know, we don't want to waste, you know, uh, a venue's time, a promoter's time to force ourselves into something that's not natural. You know, so if 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 the people want to hear it and it makes sense and 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 it works, you know, for everybody's schedules in the band. You know, we're going to we're going to try to make it happen. But that that'll dictate itself, you know, after the release and 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 see how things go. Now, what is what is your perspective on this newer material? How do you feel now that people are going to hear it? Do you do you see yourself? Do you see yourself excited? Do you see yourself saying like that? It's it's interesting. I mean, it's got to be interesting 20 something years later to still have that same kinetic energy with the band members, but also to still play. I mean. The track I heard you just sent me just to be like, hey, this is what we're going for next. It stays in line with the Fury discography, but goes in even more directions than previously. And I think sometimes older bands don't do that. They go, we need to change it all up. And I think that you guys have a live appeal that is most fresh when you're keeping in Legacy, but adding to it. The track we are ready that you guys has all heard is absolutely that. Like That's something that would have been on whatever the next Fury record was, and the stuff you just sent me, same same thing. If this is what would be the next iteration of Fury, and I love that you guys tapped into it. But how do you feel now, hearing it and having that like, fuck, is this the right thing, or have you always just been confident, like, fuck yeah, this is what it is? Yeah, I mean, it's I I actually think it's the best shit that we've done, in my honest opinion, and I think that you know this EP literally is what you said it's an extension uh, a better extension of this time it's personal and i think that this time it's personal which was our last record uh that came out you know years after you know fury five broke up um we never really got to introduce that album properly you know so this i feel is an extension of taking you know parts of that and you know who we are and then actually making it better um, so it's Fury of Five, you know, that's the, that's the sound we have. That's what we do. We did not try to force it and say, Hey, you know, the sound overall, you know, amongst bands has kind of come this direction. You know, maybe we should do that. You know, anybody can do that. You know, um, that's easy to do if you can play your instrument, you know, but what we play is what we play. And then we just try to get better at what we do and just try to keep it interesting so that we like it, you know? So I personally feel that war again is an extension of where we left off, but better um, and has some, some interesting messages there. Um, and I think the track that I sent you that is, you know, still in the process of being finalized, I just wanted to give you a little bit more of, of what's going on because it's, it's difficult on one song, you know? Um, and I think that even like that song, you know, it's different than War, but still has the same, you know, Fury of Five foundation. You know, it's got different elements to it, but it's still heavy and hard and in your face. And that's that's all we know how to do. You know, that's that's it. So I think we can keep it interesting without trying hard. Um, and, you know, I, I think for bands, especially for us, or, you know, what I would recommend to anybody is, you got to like what you play, you know, because people are going to know if you're not feeling it, you know? So I can tell you that we're 100% feeling this shit. Um, and I'm super pumped 
to like finish these songs and get them out and you know hope that people can enjoy it you know but i'll know at the end of the day that the work we're putting into these songs it's you know we're going to make them as good as we possibly can so we feel good when, when we put our heads down on the pillow at night do you feel in hindsight looking at some of the stuff that was happening in hardcore hell fury back then that isn't going to hold you guys back now yes absolutely um i mean not to get too you know cultural but you know i think fury of five was canceled in 1994 you know like that before cancel culture we were one of the bands that people definitely canceled early on um and we had a lot of challenges to even have you know the milestones and achieve some of the things that we achieved as a band you know we kind of had to put it on our backs without a lot of support and and try to force things from happening you know and and luckily you know there were promoters and, and certain people out there you know people like yourself who booked us willing to book us when other people thought it was a risk or wouldn't book us or other bands didn't want to play with us you know, we, we were able to, you know, kind of force those things. But now, again, to the point, you know, with, you know, having online opportunities and being able to communicate with people and have a voice of our own, not dictated or held back by anybody else, I think that will help us, um, depending on what direction we go or, or you, know, what, you know, what bridges we try to cross. No, I couldn't agree more. And actually, we touch on it with the freight train episode where there was a point in not just in Philadelphia, even though we focused in Philadelphia, where a specific subset of promoters, different people in magazines and labels at the end of the 90s really wanted to push back against anything that didn't fit their window of a perfect hardcore record or their idea of a perfect hardcore band. And they would do purposeful things to try to stand in the way of a band not being able to get to that next big show they should have played. And it's crazy because you guys were regularly invited to some of the biggest shows in the East coast. And yet there still were these promoters like this band's going to be a problem for everybody. Like, like, you know, like kind of like the end of the world is here. If this fury of five plays and you don't see that now, you don't see people immediately jumping to this, these things. So I, I I'm glad that you see it as well because all that shit that was holding a lot of bands back because it wasn't the aesthetic perfection of the promoter who had a lot of say in these towns, all those people are gone, man. And I'm telling you, the kids who didn't grow up in that era in lieu of not seeing that firsthand, they they grew up wanting to see this band. They grew up wanting to see Fury of Five. They grew up thinking like, oh, this band's so fucking cool. Like, there's kids that are younger than me that are not even the age of one of the records that'll tell you this this time is personal's best record when usually an older hardcore band it's the first record that people most gleam to so there's a legacy in fury of five that i'm glad you guys are carrying on man and i'm glad that you see that a lot of the stuff that pushed things back are no longer in place yeah and and you know we we appreciate that opportunity and we and we we want to play you know that those are the people we want to play for you know folks that haven't seen us um that didn't get a chance to see us and that are interested in, in what we have to say um we're we're fully invested in whatever we do those are the kind of people we are you know so um we just plan on on bringing it 110 percent and you know and if if we're vibing hopefully people are vibing and and hopefully nothing's really going to stand you know, in, in our way, like it did in the past, you know, and, and for other bands as well, you know, there were, there were, there were other bands. It wasn't just Fury of Five that, you know, were, you know, whether they had, there was a perception about them or there were stories about them where, you know, uh, promoters or record labels uh, or, or, you know, talent agents, you know, who handled booking tours just didn't want anything to do with them because they decided that it wasn't, you know, part of their plan when in fact you had a ton of kids out there that wanted to see these bands, you know? So um, I, I think that if, 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 if we now have, you know, uh, different opportunities and, and some of those challenges aren't in the way, um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be, you know, pretty dope.
you know, we're, we're excited about it. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more what you're saying. I think that the sky has opened up and with the internet and the capabilities, the amount of young kids and actually the amount of old fans that are able to still stay connected. That's the other thing that's also important to recognize here is I'll tell you like whether it's the Keystone jam or other shows we've done, there's constantly people coming up and be like, you know, I don't get to go to a show so much, but I listen every week or I just bought this new record. Like the fans do not just walk away when, you know, their kids are getting old. There's so many people that can, because of the internet, stay involved. And I imagine that people have been reaching out all over being like, I saw you in this town or I saw you this or just excited that you guys are back. Yeah, we, we've had, we've had a ton of that. Um, it's been very nostalgic. Um, and then the flip side, we've had a lot of like younger folks reaching out like, Hey, you know, so glad you guys are playing. Never had a chance to see you guys, you know, been listening to you, you know, my whole life, you know, and these are, you know, their, their whole life, you know, like you said, some of them probably are just as old as our first record, you know, um, you know, 20 years old, 25 years old, whatever it is, and inviting us to come play, you know, in South America or come out to the Midwest and, you know, we want to set this up. And, you know, it's, it's definitely um, pretty surreal and very humbling, to be honest with you, very humbling. I'm glad you touched on South America because that's another aspect of it that just wasn't available. But the amount of, the amount of I would say, inclusivity the internet has brought us, I mean, there's a band from New Jersey, Raw Brigade, that, you know, I'm telling you, the first time I seen those cats, you today was doing a reunion at this hardcore, and they were wearing the flags on their back. And they were like, we have this band. We want to play this hardcore next year. And now look at them. Now they represent New Jersey, Raw Brigade, full U.S. tours, and people not only in their home country and their home continent know them, but they're making it happen. And bands can now play more places with less, you know, like, not only the bullshit, but just so easy because of the internet that I think that this is a great time for you guys to come back and touch up, not on old friendships, but build new roads, man. It's going to be fucking fantastic for you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's what we're excited for. I mean, even, even the artwork that was, you know, created, you know, for our new logo and for, for the EP cover was, you know, by a guy that we hooked up with uh, from Puerto Rico um, and a fan you know, that we never met before all through the internet. I DM'd him on Instagram. I never met him. I saw some of his work, you know, three weeks later, you know, we're connected and we have an EP cover. Never met the guy. Don't even know what he looks like. You know, it's amazing. Dude, that's fucking fantastic. Is there anything that you think surprised you about the current hardcore scene that you weren't prepared for? Or did you have a, a, a decent debrief before you jumped into playing again? a good question um it wasn't surprising to me i think i had a decent debrief um you know because of you know spending time with stick and you know um and and the internet you know i've been watching you know shows just like you mentioned about older heads saying connected you know online i've been watching you know this is hardcore on youtube and black and blue on YouTube and shows on YouTube forever. I mean, hardcore has, has been a part of my life and, and, and my listening catalog for, you know, since I was 16 years old, you know, so I'm definitely current from that perspective. Um, surprising. Nothing really surprised me. It was just great to see that, you know, that the energy was still there. And uh, it was great to see that there was, you know, obviously it's the cycle continues. You know, if bands break up and bands move on, new bands are moving up and moving right in, you know, and it's 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 continuing. So that that to me um, was refreshing and uh, and but nothing really, really, really surprising. I'd have to say nothing surprising. Like my biggest uh, thought after seeing you guys uh, on that flyer with E-Town was just hoping that in the future, more promoters are going to put you with some more bands that are from that time, because I feel like there is an excitement when I get a couple of the older bands together and then put the younger bands on in the earlier part of the bill. And I wonder if that's your hope as well, to start, not only just continue to play with the younger bands like you have, but like 
touch in with old friends and play with some old friends of bands that you had played years ago with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, going out to the West coast with E-Town was a blast, you know, putting the music to the side, um, you know, and, and I know, uh, we almost had the chance to play together. So I was looking forward to seeing you out there too. I know it didn't work out, but just to hang out. Um, and you know, we were with, uh, aunt from E-Town. We stayed in the same hotel, you know, we worked out together. We were just having dinner together and just bullshitting and just spending the time on the road after all these years, you know, um, was awesome. And, uh, it was, uh, you know, it, it gave me a lot of energy and a lot of life personally. Um, and, you know, to be able to play with E-Town and, you know, even playing with Madball at This Is Hardcore and, and bumping into Freddie and, 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 and seeing, um, you know, Frank and all the guys from Hatebreed, you know, I, I, I toured with Frank Fury five when he played with integrity, you know, yeah. and we, we, we lived on a bus together for three months, you know, back in 96 or 97. And, uh, you know, I haven't, I don't think I've seen him since then. And, you know, so, so regardless of how many years went by, you know, we lived on a bus for three months together, you know, so we, we have a lot of history and just to be able to see those guys, guys from all out war, you know, all out war, we go way back with, in fact, the first show we ever played out of state was because of all out war, you know, they brought us up to their hometown in Middletown, New York, back in 94, first time we ever left the state of New Jersey, I was 17 years old. And, uh, and, you know, we, we, we traded shows and played tons of shows together over the years. And it was just great to see those guys, you know, so absolutely the nostalgia of playing together and then the excitement of seeing new bands and playing with new bands. I can tell you that, you know, from in Asbury playing with, uh, you know, a lot of the up and coming Jersey bands to, you know, all the amazing bands that were on the show in Philly. And then just to highlight Cali, you know, it was definitely invigorating to see bands like Desmadre, Momentum, Section 8, you know, these bands, you know, Law of Power, you know, Lionheart, you know, put on a great, great set. I mean, these bands brought it in like a 90s way, actually, to me personally. That was my feeling. And they, they were raw. They were talented. And, uh, you know, they got me excited just being there and being in the crowd watching them play. So that outside of playing with the old heads seeing some of these new bands that are bringing it hard as fuck you know is really exciting to me and it makes me feel like you know i'm excited to play because i see what they're doing you know so you know but you know the nostalgia is great um but also on the flip side you know playing with new bands and seeing new bands that have that raw energy that have like you know crazy awesome shit going on is dope too i gotta tell you that Southern California group of bands right now, there's few, there's few things crazier than that momentum that Law of Power, Desmadre, Section Hate have. I mean, it's just different than anywhere else in the country. So it's awesome that you got to see that. The cool thing is in this thing that you said, and I don't know if it would have been the same if it was back in the 90s, where because you had the time in the 90s, now that you're the band, Fury, is able to travel and do these things, it's it is about seeing old friends. It is about hanging with the band and not just like whatever the momentum of that day was. And it's something that I I, I even feel when we go out is like the the impetus of like oh it's not about it's not what we're getting paid. It's who's the last time I seen this guy in this town that fucking came out and brought his kids out to see us. There's so many good feelings now that we're older and still be able to play these songs. And I feel like the thing for Fury of Five. I, I tell you right now, uh, I got the tour with. Ringworm and Punishment went out in the summer in 2003 and Frank and I got really close. And I'm telling you the amount of integrity, fury of five bus stories and just like things like he's like, dude, fury of fucking five. Like we get drunk. Like that's the fucking band. Like he's always loved you guys, man. Like literally like, and we would be like, yeah, Frank, like we, we all fucking love this band. He's like, no, you don't understand. I was in the fucking bus with these motherfuckers. Like, he he in mean, genuinely as a friend and as a fan of your fucking band 
And then we were we just loved it because we were young kids. And we're like, dude, Frank really fucking loves this fucking theory of five, man. But I, I think it's important when you have a second chance of doing a band that you see it. It is about the hangs. It's about spending the time with your friends. I mean, Etan and Fury of Five played a lot of shows together. And, I, and I'm going to tell you that it probably felt just good to be around your friends again. And I think that space of time allowed you to really value what that felt like. 100%. I mean, these guys are, I consider these guys family, you know, regardless of time, you know, true friendships and family, you know, it's it, when you see somebody, you know, it's the same. It doesn't matter, you know? Um, and I, you know, I've known Ant and those guys from B town since, you know, they're younger than me, you know, since I don't know how old they were when I first met those guys. And when we're hanging out and we're on the West coast, it's literally the same conversation, the same stupid shit, same laughs, like, you know, from the nineties, you know, and, you know, I came back from that definitely with a high, you know, from that, from those couple days um, and, and being able to play, you know, with those bands that you mentioned and then going up to Oakland and playing in Oakland and, and just meeting so many new people, you know, it just, it's just, you know, it gives you, it gives you energy. Um, it gives you excitement um, and it gets you pumped to know that, you know, there's, you know, real people out there pushing their shit, feeling it talented you know they got a they got a vibrant scene you know northern california and southern california vibrant you know and uh again it reminds me of what we had in the 90s in jersey what philly was like you know philly still is you know phenomenal you know um and you know really what the east coast was like and you know i don't know what west what the west coast was like in the 90s i never saw it you know and there wasn't a lot of access either you know, it was whatever was out at the time or whoever was talking about it. You know, it was very rare, you know, that you heard a lot about, you know, the other side of the country, you know, in my opinion, at least for us, it was like that. So, um, so yeah, the, the hangs outside of the shows and the, the stupid shit. And, you know, we went out uh, the first night we were out there before we played and we ended up linking up a good friend of ours from, from uh, Jersey, uh, OG Steve Asbury, who played okay. in- you know, Steve. Yep. So he, he lives out there now and uh, he was meeting up with us and he was going to travel with us to Northern California. So we set up a dinner and he, he's friendly with the section. Hey dudes. And those guys came out and we broke bread together and just, you know, it was just super nice to meet new good people that I haven't had a chance to hang with before, you know, and just shoot the shit and have conversation. And uh, you know, you feel like, you know, you, you got new friends now you know, and that are like-minded people, you know? So, uh, that was, that was a real big takeaway for us. No, I, I, I think it's great that you got to uh, experience that. One of the coolest things from the reunion show, and then again, it is hardcore is seeing live the Anthony verse. And I, I literally was standing there at, in Asbury with my mouth fucking open, like, Holy fuck, they're going to do it. And it, it, and that was um, when that guy Dave uh, from uh, East Coast Empire's comp, and that one and all the remix was only available that. And the first time I heard it was outside of the pipeline, and you were outside playing it in your car for like everybody. And I remember being fucking mind blown, like because we're all outside of the pipeline, going, "Holy fuck, they remixed one and all." But then, until that comp came out. I never would have thought to see that live. And I love that Anthony was able to get up there both times that I've seen you guys so far and do that. So um, I hope that you guys do some more because to me, that was one of the coolest things that came from the E-Town. I mean, there besides the million shows that you guys played together, but it was like the fact that you guys could put a real fury E-Town touch on one and all, man, that was fucking awesome live. Yeah, you know, we we only did that once before ever live. We did that at the Warp Tour in uh, 97. Um, And that's the only time we ever played that live. Um, And we don't even have that like on video or nothing. Uh, Someone, our boy Boppo, unfortunately, rest in peace. He uh, he had it uh, on video. And then, you know, I think it got lost, lost in the sauce. One of those VHS deals, you know. But uh, yeah, when we were when we were 
talking about the reunion and planning out the set, you know, we were kind of like, yo, what would make this dope? And, uh, you know, we reached out to Ant and he was like, I'm down, you know, was like that simple. He came up, came to the studio, went through it one time and then didn't see him till Asbury. He was ready to roll, you know, and it's just, again, just having the ability to, after all these years, get together, you know, with, with family and people and, 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 and do that, you know, was just, was, was dope. And I'm, I'm glad, you know, I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad you liked it. And it's funny that you bring up the pipeline, man. That's some old shit right there. (laughs) There's, I have a couple, I have a couple people that I'm going to interview and my dream would be to do like at least a four hour episode on just the pipeline, because there's so many aspects to it. And you remember us coming up there. Yeah. And I mean, Beyond just seeing Fury of Five, just you, you and I's friendship grew just from me coming out as a young kid to Jersey shows. Yeah. And um, I just I just appreciate you guys being back. And I wanted to make sure in lieu of just being a lot of times we we always open up a, um an episode with a new track. It was I wanted to get some some FaceTime with you and, and have people understand your perspective on not just coming back, but that this isn't just like, oh, you know, why not just throw something out there? Like there's a lot of earnest like emotional value put into this. And it's really cool because you, we've seen plenty of hardcore bands and since, you know, they reunite, they reunite, they do their thing and they disappear in a hole. And I, I tell you every, every time you guys post a new Instagram video on practice, I'm like, dude, the, the, there is no, uh, uh, maybe we're getting tired of it. Like you guys just keep going harder and harder every time. And it's fucking fantastic. Yeah. We're, we, we appreciate it, man. We're, we're, we're pretty locked in right now. We're vibing hard. We're feeling it. Uh, we're, we're super pumped, you know, for this release um, to get some new material out and uh, to represent it properly. Um, we're happy, uh, happy to have a new drummer. And uh, with, with dude, some he's fucking fantastic. Mad, mad skills. And he's a and he's a good dude. You know, he's he's just a nice dude. He's 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 uh, he's just a musician. You know, he's he's just a nice guy. Um, and he fits, he fits the mold really well. We vibe together musically, you know, we're, we're locking in and he's bringing us another element, you know, that that's not holding us back musically that maybe we were, you know, held back a little bit in the past. And, uh, you know, that's making it, making it real interesting for us. So. Well, the one thing I'll say before we wrap up here is that, we talked about it previously, but there was elements of Fury of Five at the time when they were fresh, where people would just kind of go, huh, does this fit hardcore? I'm telling you right now, the width and birth of what fits under hardcore and just what these younger kids accept, look forward to, love, and appreciate all fall now so much more within the boundaries of what Fury was already doing that I think this new material and the stuff that um you play me i think that these kids are gonna fucking love it because i don't think the kids of today just want the standard hardcore stuff and i think that you guys are going in the direction where you're not going to turn people away at all by this shit and i really look forward for people to fucking see you guys again in 2023 and obviously we're going to link up and have you guys come play philly proper i look i look to this coming year as this more awesome shit from fury of five and i'm just happy that we were able to do this song and um, I just want anything else you want to add to this or shout out people before we wrap this one up. Uh, I, you know, just want to thank you, you know, for taking your time and, and, you know, putting us on like you have over the years and, and, and supported us. So we, we appreciate that. And we got nothing but love and respect for you. Um, and, you know, I, I'm just going to say that, you know, we're super pumped to be back. Um, we're, we're excited for everyone to hear, you know, what we're doing. And we're excited to link up with with old heads, with new heads, and uh, that are just vibing on the right on the right track, and and just to bring a lot of good energy. So we're 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 pumped, and I just want to say thanks to everybody. Nah, Jay, I really appreciate the time. Again, the track as we are ready, it's going to be out on Upstate Records. This was the debut. Um, I'm going to link everything for Fury of Five that you can see. And I just expect to see more of you in the coming year. And I can't wait to see more Fury of Five shows and more old friends and new friends coming and checking you guys out. And just thank you for having the time. I know it's late. And uh, just thank you for everything you did before. I mean, just as a kid, we used to talk on the phone a long time. 
Um, Fury of Five shows, I'm telling you, like I said in my um, monologue podcast about you guys and your history, there are a few things in this hardcore scene like a Fury of Five show then, and I'm so fucking happy that you guys are back. Well, we appreciate it, man. And thanks again so much for the support. And I'm wishing you and, and your family a happy and a healthy new year. Look forward to seeing you in 23. Likewise, brother. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. You have a good one. Take care. Later. Well, thank you again. This has been another fucking awesome year. Awesome interview with Jay Fury. And hoping to go and backtrack, maybe figure a way to go talk to Jay, get in with Stick, pull their two stories together, get Mike in there, get everybody in the mix, and do a really deep dive on Fury one day. And again, there's so many great ideas I have in my head as far as things go. And I think having the new podcast and having a little bit more time and freedom, we're going to be able to put more cool shit together. Um, We had a really good time recording Rule of Three. So you're going to see more episodes of that. And just thank you for all the support that you've given this podcast. Thank you for all the support you've given to Rule of Three. Thank you for all the support for This Is Hardcore over the years, Philly Hardcore shows over the years. And my hats and commendations, I commend you, Bob Wilson, Alex Bradley, Ben Stuckey, and everybody in the Philadelphia hardcore scene, not for just showing up, and buying t-shirts and posting on the internet, but being the kind of people that stay late to, sw- to sweep floors and help out. And I feel like, unfortunately, this is a trope saying this is a real family or this is a real community, but Philadelphia Hardcore Shows is a real family and a real community. And, you know, the younger kids are learning. The more that you put into this thing, the more you get out. And it's a beautiful thing to see. And I'm just happy to still be able to be a part of it. All right. Goodbye, T-I-H-C podcast.com to check out the show notes. Bye-bye.